everyone, and welcome to the AM Sisters podcast. You're here today with your host, and I'm Maria Setting, bringing your favorite twin talk of the week. And in this episode, we're going to talk about how to shift a negative mindset into a positive one. Yes, we're going to be discussing a blog post that I wrote last year, uh, and it's called Go Within to Find Your Treasures, Changing Our Gloomy Reality into a Sea of Endless Possibilities. And I think this is very important because we've been facing a lot of a lot of challenges since last year, um, especially because everyone needs to stay a lot of time at home and feel quite isolated. And sometimes it's difficult to stay quiet with, with ourselves, right? Um, so maybe we can start with the first topic that I was writing. If you're feeling sad or lonely or your mind is constantly thinking about negative things or constantly worried or if you're not feeling anything because it also happens feeling numb right so i would highly advise the first one which is stop making self-fulfilling prophecies um so what are self-fulfilling prophecies is when you only focus on one thing, you only focus on the negative part. And actually, if you think a little bit broader, every situation they have something that is good or something that is not so bad. So I think the first step is to become aware of our thoughts. So every time a negative thought comes creeping in in your brain and start making you feel bad about yourself or about your situation, try to not give so much energy and focus to that. Let it go. Let it pass by. And if you're feeling something as well, allow yourself to feel and to transmute that energy and not just keep suppressing it because our emotions and our thoughts and our mind are very, very connected. Yeah. I think when you were talking about this, reminded me of the song that says, hello, darkness, my old friend. It's yes. like that, you know, because when you're used to that negative mindset or like going down, you sometimes just get used to that feeling and you forget how it is to be happy, how it is to have happy thoughts and all those things. So it is really important to be aware of your own mind because you're not passive in your own life, you know. You have the chance and the choice to shift whatever is going on within you. So if you notice you're being really sad recently, you can consciously reach out for those things you know is going to make make you happy, even if it's just a little bit happier, you know. And mm -hmm. yeah, so I think this goes ties really well with the second one you wrote, that is start being grateful for the small things or practicing gratitude. And what do you understand by gratitude? What do I understand by gratitude? I think gratitude is just, not just, it's a feeling for me. And it's an act as well. It's an, something that you can do with intention. You can be grateful with intention. So it is a feeling, but it's also an act, right? To be grateful for something. So to be grateful, it's not, you don't need a huge thing to be grateful for. You can be grateful for very small things in your life. And I think, especially when we are in that very negative mindset, 
finding small things that we can smile or we can be grateful for or we can see a little spot of light uh, is really, really important. And if you believe in energy, if you believe in law of attraction and all those things, this is also really helpful because you keep attracting to your life what you are and what your energy is. So with gratitude practice, I feel you can also change your mindset and changing your mindset, you also change your vibration and what you're attracting to your life. And I realized that I used to write every single day 10 things I was grateful for. And in the end, I would even add things that didn't happen yet. But I was like, I'm so grateful for this happening, you know, or for feeling like this. Or it can be very small, just like I'm grateful for the air I'm breathing. I'm grateful for the friends around me. I'm grateful for this food that keeps my body nourished and healthy. I'm happy and thankful for. And it's good to include how you're feeling as well, not just things, not like I'm grateful for having this object, you know, but like I'm grateful for having this feeling of fulfillment that comes from this, this and that. So I think it reminds you that your life is already in a good space, you know. But I would say that, yes, including the feelings is also really good, especially if you're already feeling good about yourself. But if you're in a really um, bad mind space, so to say, very negative, I think just to take a moment in your day to, to say, I'm grateful for being alive, or I'm grateful for the rain, I'm grateful for the air, I'm grateful for the sunshine, already keeps you, you know, have a, a little opening to see something that is different from the reality you're living and then you can feel gratitude even if it's just for one second you know and then this second of hope this second of gratitude will help you to improve in your journey you know and also start becoming more grateful for other things and if you're in a point where you feel that you have enough energy to write a gratitude journal like my sister was saying it's really, really helpful because this becomes almost like your sacred time in your sacred space where you can just focus on this, this little thing that you're doing, writing on your journal. And you don't have to think about all the things that are going on in your life that can be very overwhelming. And taking this time to nurture your soul, to nurture yourself. Yes. And it ties into the next one. So if you're already writing your gratitude journal, it means that you're already creating a little self-care ritual, right? Uh, and having this little, those little rituals that can bring some inspiration and some nurturance into your life are really crucial to be in a good mindset, right? So do you want to share some of your own self-care rituals? I think self-care has been really romanticized nowadays, um, especially during because of most people are at home and all those things. And we forget to understand that self-care should be something normal. It should be something part of your daily life and not something you do when you're feeling special. You know, uh, I'll say do it, especially when you're not feeling special, actually. 
Um, and self-care can be from very mundane, like daily today things, like cooking meal for yourself, cooking something that is healthy and, you know, is nourishing for your body instead of eating, you know, junk food or whatever you can buy on the street. But um, this can be a way of self-care. But there is also, it can increase to various other things. I think self-care can be also dedicating your time to do something you like, but it's not necessarily um, productive. It's not necessarily work, you know, because we because we live in this capitalist society, our values are so upside down that we think, oh, if this is not like giving me money, if I don't receive recognition, if it's not part of my job, why would I do it? I'd rather just lay in bed and watch Netflix instead of doing something that is will make me happy because you're like resting. And even when you rest, you feel this guilt because you're like, I should be being productive right now. So uh, in my case, self-care can be, for example, just like letting myself write down because I like to write, like spend kind of light some candles and sit down and let your mind flow. It can be drawing, it can be um, anything indeed. So I wrote this other post that was um, about finding your voice through intuitive writing, but it can be intuitive anything actually. So just like letting your mind go and see what will come out of it because we suppress so many things in our daily lives. And when it just gives space, like a blanket, like a blank paper, you can let your mind flow and see what will come out of it. And this can be a very therapeutic exercise as well. Um, but yeah, what about you? What are your self-care? Um, I think before talking about my self-care rituals, just talking about your post that you just mentioned. Um, actually, when I first came across the term intuitive writing, I was not really sure what that was, you know, because for me, <laughs> writing or creating something is already intuitive, right? Because I'm not following a guideline. I'm just doing some, something that is coming through me or, you know, letting my intuition guide me. But then I realized that actually most of the times that's not how it happens for most people and even for myself before uh, when we when we just need to create something or we think, oh, I need to write something or draw something. Sometimes we'll, we will look up on the internet, like how to make a drawing of this thing or, you know, just color those coloring books. I don't really like it, but some people like it and they just follow a pattern that is already there. Um, so I think it's important to say that intuitive writing or intuitive creation of any sort is really getting rid of any framework that you that you think you should have. And allowing yourself to create your, in your own way, you know, without expectations of having to be this way or that way. Or, you know, because if you're only thinking about the possibilities in this framework that you already know, nothing really new will come out of that. You're just reproducing something. So, and you're not being able to see your true self through your work. Because when you let yourself flow and create something intuitively, you're going to have kind of a mirror of yourself there, you know. 
even the colors you use, even the shapes you draw, are they harsh? You know, are they pointing to something? Are they round and flowy? And this all can be interpreted in a way that you can see through your facade. You can see deep inside yourself through your own creation, which I think is really amazing. How do you experience yeah. intuitive writing or intuitive creation, as you mentioned? It's just, first of all, it's kind of stepping out of your comfort zone and allowing yourself to do something you don't know and being okay with not knowing what will come out of that. Because we tend to be so controlling, even with our tiny little things, such as like drawing. I need to see how to draw a cat. I will search on the internet, see the picture of the cat and then start drawing. No, so instead of doing this, it's more like sit down, take a deep breath and see, let your mind travel and see what do I want to do now? Do I want to, I don't know, I cut some figures out of a magazine and put them together and see what will come out of it? Do I want to take all the pencil colors that I have and just do like doodles and whatever? It can be even with music, if you're into music, Take the musical instruments and play different sounds and different chords and see what will come out of it. You don't have the, you don't need a music sheet, you know, you can just do what you feel like doing and experimenting. If it's not good, it's fine, you know. It's not, you don't have to put it out in the world. It's an exercise for yourself. And to get to know yourself better, because sometimes we end up not doing things that we might like, actually just because we are not good at, just because we have never tried. And this fear of not being good enough, this fear of not knowing how to do something stops us. So I think that's a pretty good exercise as well to train your mind that it's okay to be a newbie at something and that everything is a learning process. So this can even like um, affect how you interact in the world. And for example, you get a new opportunity for a job a gig or something and you're like oh I don't know if we can do this but because you train your brain like it's okay not to know and just learning the process you get comfortable with those situations as well Mm -hmm. yeah it's beautiful and I think like you said you don't have to show if even if it's not good you can show you don't need to show to the world right but we have to remember that everything that is good starts with trying so we got to try to see where we can get, right? And I don't know. I don't want to be like thinking that everyone is like us, but I, I really think that we always craved like do, to do something new or to create something or to allow us, our mind to create something that is unique or even like writing or even what we're doing now, you know, it's like, being creative and doing something that is not related to our day-to-day work or studies, you know. I really don't know if people who never, who are never inspired to create something, if they never tried or if they really don't like it. Because for me, it's almost like the time that I spent not doing anything creative at all was like the worst time in my entire life. I felt super disconnected with myself. And I think 
you know, even if you think you don't like, just give it a try because maybe you discover that yourself is also disconnected from who you truly are. You know, so I would highly, highly suggest you to give it a try. Try to create something out of your heart, you know. Just take 30 minutes out of your day and do something for yourself. And maybe you'll find a piece of yourself that was hidden and that was saying, that's truly who I am. <laughs> Please come and rescue me. I need to show up. <laughs> so just give it a try. That reminds me as well of you were talking about like inspiration and being creative. I think um, a lot of poets, a lot of artists, musicians, they talk about having inspiration and it's something that doesn't come from them necessarily. It's just like they're this vessel and something bigger than them, like the divine, whatever you believe in, comes in and brings you an idea and it can be out of nowhere. So I heard many funny stories of how artists got to get inspired and sometimes they would even ask like, I'm busy right now. Please don't let it go. Like don't don't disappear out of my mind. But please come back at this time when I'm at home and I have a pen, pen and pen and pen, pen and paper to write it down because otherwise I'll forget. Mm -hmm. And I think it was in Italy, uh, like in the Renaissance period, that they believed like the great painters they didn't have. They would call it genius. But the genius wasn't inside the painter. The genius was outside of them and influenced their work. So I think this is good because it like demystify the thing that some people are born with this genius and that they are intrinsically good at something. Of course, some people are more, they're prone to, I don't know, it's easier for them to learn how to play the piano, for example. But I think this concept of the genius outside of you, it's good because uh, it represents that Anyone can receive this creativity, this influence, this, you know, inspiration if they're open to it and stop making artists and people who are creating something like all put them in this pedestal and say, no, actually everyone is um, like everyone else and you yourself have the possibility of creating something. Listening to the intuition is almost like channeling, actually. It's like yes. we say, everyone have, everyone has intuition, right? Uh, so it's just about learning how to listen to your intuition and develop your intuition. So it's the same with, I think, art and all that. It's about channeling what needs to be created. But I mean, even people who are not in the arts, people who are like in the science field or engineering whatever, they can also have this gift, you know, birthing into the world what needs to be brought here in terms of technology and all that. But I think people who are uh, already in the arts or they are creative somehow, they are more open and they are not so conditioned to think in a certain pattern. So they are more prone to picking up different things because it's almost like a better conductor for this like a crystal who amplifies the, the, you know. That's why I think it's important to have free time. And this goes back to the self-care routine because if you're tired, if you're exhausted from your job, of course, you won't have 
you won't be able to hold inspiration or to be this vessel or this channel to something new because you are tired. You just want to go to bed and sleep, you know. So I think finding balance in work and leisure time is very important to allow this process to happen. Mm -hmm. So going back to the self-care ritual that you asked what, what I do, one thing that really, really, really helped me, I cannot emphasize it enough, was yoga. It really helped me coming back to my body and recognizing that I could have a moment of release, relief and release my stress. So when I was feeling really down at that time, yoga really helped me to have a, you know, escape from my mind for a second and be in my body, which is something that is really challenging for me to stay in my body. So yoga has helped me a lot. So I created a, a ritual around it. You know, I would try to do, to practice yoga every day. If not every day, like skip one day, you know. Uh, and just listen, learn to listen to my needs. Like you said, we all need some rest. So also listen to my needs. Like if I need something with more energy that day, or if I need just to stretch and relax, or, you know, I really like listening to guided meditation because my mind can see crazy stuff when I'm doing those meditations, which doesn't yes. happen when I'm not. When I'm doing meditation by myself, I don't really see many things. You know, it's just a state. Or I try to, you know, just let my thoughts pass by. But with meditation, guided meditation, specifically the shamanic drumming meditation, it allows me to see so many things that are not, not even real for our standards. <laughs> and I think it's really nice. So we can see that, you know, what we perceive as reality is not exactly the reality for everyone. And it's not exactly our own reality in terms of different vibrations. And, and then it gives me a certain feeling of detachment from my sadness at that time. Because I am not this feeling of sadness. I am not this depressive state. You know, I am much more than that. And I feel I have strength enough to rise from that and to overcome that challenging period. So I would highly recommend if you're feeling really down, try doing some guided meditations. Try to do some yoga or get into your body, breath work or anything that makes you turn off the the brain that keeps telling you that something is going really bad you know so that's a really good tip i would say i also do that and it helps but meditation is a problem i always sleep <laughs> always terrible anyway um going back to your list what would be the next step then that you took during those times? So after creating my self-care ritual, remember that this process is a long process. It's not like one step at a day, you know, you're recovering yourself. It takes months, like a long time. Sometimes, sometimes it's short, depending on your situation. But for me, it was a little bit longer. So um, after creating those self-care rituals, after I got used to it, 
and they were really rituals, like every day doing that. I was feeling better after a while, right? I was practicing gratitude. I was writing down my, my gratitude journal. I was, you know, doing yoga, meditating. And Can I ask something hmm. before jumping to that? In your opinion, what's the difference between a routine and a ritual? I think a ritual has intention. Sometimes we have a routine, but we don't really have a lot of intention. You know, for example, your breakfast, you eat every day, but sometimes you don't put intention into that. But you can turn your breakfast into a ritual if you, while you're preparing your coffee, for example, you're paying attention to that. You're feeling the warmth of the coffee in your hands and you're feeling good because of that. Then it becomes a ritual because you're putting some intention, I think. So after you do all that, it doesn't have to be the same thing, of course. You can discover the things that make you feel good, right? You create your own ritual. And after you're feeling okay, you can allow yourself to dream and to plan your future. Because for me and for my sister, we really feel good dreaming about our future. <laughs> we feel a rush of possibilities and excitement you know to dream about something that is far away and that maybe one day we'll get there so now that you're feeling better to take the time to dream about if I don't like my situation so much right now but you like because you're doing gratitude right you like but it's not ideal but I need I can get somewhere a little better so where is this a little better or much better, you know. Uh, so give yourself some freedom to dream, really dream without any anything holding you back because it's your head, it's in your head, it's in your journal, you know. Give yourself permission to dream, and after you see your skin, you see that you can have a different reality, even in your head, you're gonna be feeling a little better, I think. I agree, because I think the way of getting out of a harsh or difficult phase in your life is also seeing the possibilities for the future and that that's momentary. It's not going to last forever. But I understand that if you're in a really, really dark space, it's hard even to think about tomorrow, you know. And so my heart goes out to those who are in those situations, of course. But I think, I think it's like we shared in, I think one of the first episodes we recorded, the exercise where you can see your life going the way it is now and the possibilities of choosing consciously everything you desire and seeing how the outcome can be so beautiful and fulfilling and positive. Mm. But I think it's important to dream about your future, not only because you're going to be feeling better, but also because now that you see a direction you want to go, you can start changing small things in your day-to-day -day that will lead you to that place. For example, even small things such as cleaning your room. If in the future you don't see yourself living in a dirty space, clean your room. You know, if you see yourself living in a place with many green, you know, green outside your house or inside, buy, buy a plant, even if it's a cactus that is easy to keep, you know? 
small things that, but it's those small things that will lead you where you want to be. And with time, even like people can change in your life. If you start recognizing yourself as the future self you want to be, maybe you'll reconnect with some friends that you think you really like them, but you just lost contact, or you're going to let some friends go because they are not resonating with you anymore or with who you want to be. Or even toxic relationships, they can, you know, just vanish because now you realize that that's not the person you want to be in a couple of years. And that person is not going to be part of that. So, you know, even from small things such as cleaning your room to big things as getting rid of toxic relationships, they all happen when you start dreaming about your future and having a clear a vision of who you want to be. Mm -hmm. And if you want to get clear on how to envision yourself in the future, future, you can go and watch our vision board video because we explain deeper how to do this. And vision boards help as well in this process of seeing yourself because it's visual, you know, and our brains are very, very visual. And if you think about energies and manifestation and all that, when you shift your energy, everything else in your life starts shifting as well because they have to sync with your vibration your reality has to sync with your vibration so when you connect with your true self and it's such a beautiful thing to really acknowledge that you're now in connection with who you truly are then everything in your life begins to be more authentic and aligns to that version of yourself so even if you trust, just trust, you know, that life will lead you where you need to be. If you keep being true to yourself and nurture your soul and be aware, like the first step, the first step that I said, stop making self-fulfilling prophecies. So be aware of your thoughts, even in the during the last steps that I was talking, all the others are still important because if you see negative thoughts, coming to your mind again spot them and don't let them become your reality you know because you already know how bad it is because you've already been there and it took so long to transform so you know those are cycles things that comes and goes so when you see this happening again now you're more prepared it's like your immune system but it's your psychological emotional immune system <laughs> good analogy and I can't help myself, but I need to ask you, what is the higher self in your opinion? Mm, I don't really know how to explain because I never really say higher self. I say, for example, authentic self or your true what self. Is, what is then the authentic or true self? Because you just said higher self. That's why I'm asking. Mm -hmm. I would say that sometimes we, we think we are something that we're not because of external judgments of, or because we are in a bad state in our life. And we have to disassociate with that idea to truly know who we are. For example, when I, when I mentioned yoga and meditation, really helped me to understand who I truly am. You know, um, seeing, a, seeing a version of myself that usually is not available on the outside. But when I'm in contemplation when I'm by myself I can see something bigger 
you know, that is not, it's not belittled by society or who is not afraid of the world or afraid of judgment or anything like that. It's a part of yourself that, I don't know, it's more like an inner state or inner energy that is not corrupted by external influences, so to say. I don't know if I really see a higher self, like literally higher self, you know, like fluctuating over my head, like a spirit guide. Although I believe in spirit guides, but I don't see my higher self as so detached from my bodily self because of being so detached from my body that I don't like this idea of being outside my body. I want to let my soul be comfortable here because I incarnated for a reason, right? <laughs> what about you? What is the higher self or, you know, true self for you? Well, because we've been doing this research about holistic healing yeah, yeah. and I've been interviewing a lot of holistic healers, I always ask them, what is the higher self? Because all of them believe in the higher self. I had an understanding of the higher self, but now I don't know if the higher self exists because of listening to so many people. <laughs> no, no, no. But okay, let's let's start from but the beginning. What okay. was your your previous conception of the higher self? Because some tradition says that the higher self, your soul is huge, basically. And part of your soul incarnates in this body. But you also have other part of your soul that is not incarnated, and that's your higher self. That's the what you call authenticity, what you call what you your soul mission or whatever you believe in, that will guide you throughout this life because it's part of your soul that knows your mission. And they say sometimes you can tap into your higher self more than your spirit guides because you have the guidance, you have the knowledge within yourself, and it's tapping into this portion of your soul that is not incarnated so to you say. know it makes sense because it's a part of ourselves that has a bigger perspective right yes, it is yes. not being influenced by our day-to-day -day here on earth yes it makes sense yeah so i believed in that but now i don't know some people say the higher self is fluctuating above your head but like you said i don't mm -hmm. like that because i like to it feels detached embodiment because it took so long to feel comfortable in this body and it's still I'm still struggling with that, honestly. So it's like in reminding the feminine approach to spirituality that is very embodied and oh, but you're going to spirituality again. I know some people are not here for that. But anyways, I also wanted to mention that um, like we were talking before, when you go through this phase that can be, it all depends how you name it. For example, when you're really sad, when you're really mm, struggling with your life, if you go to a psychanalyst or a psychologist, psychiat psychiatry, they can say you have depression and like diagnose you with depression. But if you're more into spirituality, you might understand what you're going through as dark night of the soul. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, used, I used dark night of the soul in my post when I read yeah. And I think all those this process of getting to know yourself better, find finding a ritual that works for you, taking care of the self-care that is not only bodily care, but also mental and emotional and spiritual as well, is going through the dark night of the soul with a purpose. So you can imagine your future out of that. 
And you learn a big lesson in this process as well, because a lot of people just say, oh, no, it's, it's bad. You need to medicate. You need to, you know, but you learn so much when you're in that stage as well is what I can call it the hermit stage as well, because you're in seclusion and you're with your thoughts and you have no distraction. And because you have no distraction, you have to face yourself, even if you don't like that. But hello, we need to do that. And then you can come out of the cave, as I call it, the cave. <laughs> I was the dragon in the cave for my sister. Yes. And then you came visit me in Korea. You were still in the hermit mode, but I think you got out of the, the cave a little bit. Yeah, and some people, they say that after this dark night of the soul, there is also it's a process of spiritual awakening, some people believe. But then... It's interesting because we've been talking to some holistic healers and some people noticed that in 2020, many people seeked out help saying that they were passing through a spiritual awakening and they didn't know what to do. <laughs> and it, it, it really makes sense, you know. If finally you, you're stuck at home by yourself with your thoughts, you have a moment of stillness in your life finally and then all these things that were suppressed deep down on you they start bubbling up to the surface and you have to deal with that but many of us don't have the tools to deal with that so that's why like those steps that i mentioned in my blog post they helped me during this this phase you know all these things are coming up what do i do i don't don't want to go to a psychologist like a psychiatrist i mean if you need, you should go, of course. But I was not in such a depressive state, you know. I was just passing through some challenges. But yeah, it can help. But you have to discover your own path in that as well. Because each person's healing journey is very different from each other. It's very unique and personal. Yeah. And I think like searching for therapy or counseling or things like that can be really, really good. Mm -hmm. If you don't have anyone in your immediate family or friends or anyone that you can count on because well if I, there's something wrong going on with my life I know I can talk to you I can call my sister and she'll be there anytime all the time <laughs> same for I think same for you right so but if you don't have that I understand it can be really hard to go through this alone but remember you're not alone mm-hmm and the final step that I would suggest is obvious, but it's important, <laughs> which is focus on the positive. So after you've done so much to get out of your dark phase, you know, it's time to remember, keep this in your mind to focus on the positive. Because as we said, sometimes things are going to come up and we're going to have to deal with that. And it's not really comfortable sometimes. But if you remember yourself to if you remember to keep focusing on the positive and being grateful for the small things, you're gonna be able, you're gonna have the tools to pass through anything that is challenging in your life. Yes. I think it can be very, very small things, just being positive. Like a friend of mine laughed at me once because when I woke up, I opened the window, like, good morning, sun. You know, it, it just puts you in a better mood because you're first, you're saying, yeah, like, thank you for this beautiful day. You're being grateful. Mm -hmm. And you're saying thank you. And you're saying good morning, not bad morning or anything like that. And, you know, and you're really, 
you realize all the little things that will make your day a great day. One little ritual that I created that I do every morning is the first thing that I think, or almost the first thing, but when I wake up, I think, thank you for this day. Me too. I always say thank you for another day. Yeah, because if you think about it, when you go to bed, you never know if you're going to wake up. <laughs> it's terrifying to think like this. But that's why I always say thank you for another day. Thank you for waking up. And just to say thank you right in the morning, right when you wake up, it's already pouring gratitude into your day, right? So maybe you can start doing that as well. Or some people say when you're getting off the bed, you put one feet and then the other, you can say thank you. <laughs> also helps. Thank you. Remember, thank you. Just say thank you. And your your vibration, your inner state will already change. Sometimes I literally roll out of bed, so I don't think the thank you or the two feet will help me that much. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, just find whatever works for you. But be positive. Literally, everything is about perspective. So to summarize, I think the most important thing to take from this is be kind to yourself. You know, those are challenging times. Be kind to yourself and acknowledge that the situation that you're right in, you're passing through right now is, does not define who you are or who you're going to be. And it's not your state like forever, you know. It's just a fate in your life. And you can build um, resistance, you know. You can have some tools to deal with the situation, such as practicing gratitude, such as focusing on the positive. Such as writing your gratitude journal, you know, doing doing some body work, such as yoga, breath work, or exercise. And talk to people. If you need help, search for help. Talk to your friends, to your family, to anyone who's close to you. You can even talk to us if you need yes. someone. You can talk to us. We would be really, really happy to talk to you. Yes. And don't forget about who you truly are. Once you get to a stage, you can think about your life clearly. Don't forget about your true self. Because this part of yourself will never, never abandon you. Because that's your core. That's right. Beautifully said, sister. <laughs> Beautifully said. So that's it, I think, for this episode. And we'd like to thank you so much for watching this and for choosing us to go through this phase. And I hope our words resonated with you, even if you're not in the sad moment in your life. If you know someone that needs these tools to deal with that, you can share this. If you're watching us on YouTube, please don't forget to give us a like. It helps a lot. Comment what you're feeling. Share with our beloved ones and subscribe so you don't miss anything that is coming up if you're listening to us on the podcast you can always leave us a review we'll be really thankful and see you next week thank you goodbye thank you <laughs> bye